0: presenting in the blue corner with 63 international caps, two European Champions Cup medals for a combined game time of only three minutes, and a legendary hat trick versus India, Scotland's most red-carded second row forward of all time, the self-proclaimed legend Jim Hattie! Hamilton, and in the red corner, England's answer to Tom Brady, with a career spanning over 400 games and 4,000 points, making him the second highest point scorer in Premiership history. He's rescued more clubs from relegation than he has original hair follicles. The heaviest fly half to ever play the game, the Prince of Pies, a good! And ably hosted by the most arrogant kiwi in rugby, subsisting on a diet of premium cat food, the weirdest fish of them all, and Rowe! It's time! For the undisputed, most listened to rugby podcast on the planet, coming to you on Spotify. Welcome to the Rugby Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome back to The Rapid Pod, I'm Andy Robic. Jim and Goody are with me as usual, but you probably noticed a new intro. What do you think, lads? The one and only Bruce Buffer. Mate, how good's that? How good is that? We are massive now. We're Spotify. I can't believe it. I
2: cannot believe it. It's almost too good to be true. No word of a lie, Back, we've made it! (laughs) Holy (laughs) shit!
1: (laughs) Well, it is part of a bigger announcement, which is that we are joining the Spotify family. They started off with the Joe Rogan podcast, then they did Harry and Meghan, didn't they? And then Obama and Bruce Springsteen, and then the obvious addition, the rappy pod. Mate, you want the biggest and the best, you come after
3: us and you get us. You want the biggest in the bush, you'll come to us. <laughs> <laughs> and fair play, Spotify have done it. They've come for the biggest in the bush, Jim's bush, I'm the biggest, um, for the wrong reasons. But yeah, mate, I'm, we're delighted, aren't we, uh, to sign with Spotify. I mean, imagine rocking into Spotify's studios in London. Kings. We're here. We are here! <laughs> It's going to be
2: amazing. And it's taken four and a half years of absolute graft, doesn't it, Jim? Is it four and a half years? It felt like yesterday that we were walking down Oxford Street towards each other, a match made in heaven. But we should give a big shout out to all the fans because hey, it genuinely sounds like we've made it because I'm about to thank all the fans. Um, But if it wasn't for all the fans and all the guests and, you know, the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, which is Seamless – is it, bollocks? Um, <laughs> I'm I'm absolutely buzzing. I, I'm truly humbled. I'm a podcast listener, right? I'm a Joe Rogan. I'm a Rich Roll. I'm a Brendan Schwab. Um, so I'm a big podcast listener. I listen to loads. And to get the coveted... That's what a word. Look at me. I'm so Spotify. Get the coveted option to live on spotify and get bruce buffett say my name with such power and passion i feel regal i don't even know what to
3: say yeah it's amazing and big thanks also to all the people that have sponsored us along the way as well um james metcalf is at diageo formerly guinness as well you know there's a lot of people that have put a lot of time and effort into us people that don't get the pats on the back they deserve tim our producer puts a lot of graft in the listeners the thousands of you the millions of you you know our, our better halves The shit that they have to put up with as well when we... Hang on. I've got four kids in there. I've got to deal with with them. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we're delighted. Exclusively signing with Spotify. Um, Massive thanks to all the listeners, to everyone, Um, to all the people we've told stories about. Thank you and you're welcome.
2: They're all true.
1: (laughs) What it means is that we will be moving over to the Spotify platform officially and exclusively in July. So if you're not already on there, just head over and get involved and make sure you follow us. It is completely free. And we're looking forward to growing the pod with them over the coming seasons as well. How's your week been, boys? Long
2: and winding road that leads to <laughs> London. Uh, yeah, I drove down the road uh, for six lines on ITV of the weekend. Some matches and uh, it was worth it. I'll be honest. I had a long trip down on Saturday. The motorway was closed, so I took a, a stop, detour, a respite. In St Albans, and then headed to the mighty Stratford Centre BT ITV Studios. Producer Tim was there. It was great to see some people uh, to talk about the rugby from the weekend, and came back up yesterday. And I felt like because I've obviously not done it in a long time. I I, I can you get jet lag driving or not? Just t- it's called
3: tiredness,
1: Jim. It's, oh, jet, is lag is, okay.
3: yeah. jet lag is when you go through different time zones. I don't think the time zone between
2: London and Edinburgh is is different. I don't think it's to do with jets, so. I think jetted or jeeted or something like that. It's, I'm going to dig deeper. Now we're with Spotify. I'll speak to the Spotify producers and just see if they can dig out what jet lag <laughs> actually means.
3: Yeah, busy weekend for you, AJ. Hey, do, do you enjoy these? How long they take? Six and a half, seven, eight hours?
2: It was tough because it was Mother's Day on Sunday. And not that I forgot... But I remembered on Saturday. You did, didn't you? I rem- you did, I remembered did. on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so big shout out to all the mums, past and present as well. Um and look, it's just all about giving and love. It's not about us on Spotify, absolute legends. It's about everyone else. A so big shout out to all the mums out there and the dads. Look at you just giving giving shout outs everywhere because we're on Spotify.
3: But uh, mate, it's interesting. You're like you've left the old family on Mother's Day. So the, the most important day to treat the missus and appreciate her as a mum. You've you've just left her with the kids and gone
2: to work, haven't you? Roxanne has dropped some flowers off. Roxanne's Florists, they're open apparently in Edinburgh, so they dropped some flowers off on Sunday. Although they refused to put them on the doorstep, so back out to go pick them up on Monday.
3: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! What a shit bloke! You're in the doghouse. Yeah. You're in the doghouse dog with a
2: bad back from eight hours of driving to London and back. I've come back and I can't even, I haven't got the heart to tell her how tired I am. But look, this. hey, Andrew, this is Hollywood, this is showbiz, this is Spotify. (laughs) This is the kind of things you've got to do now when when you're at the top. True, true. I left the house for the
3: third time in six weeks today. Third time? Yeah, well, twice I've gone to see the surgeon um, in London and that's it. And uh, because I'm on crutches still, I've got another four weeks on crutches, my God. Anyway, left the house, I went to look at a school today and the headmaster, he's a listener of the pod, of course he is, loves it. And I said to him, "Mate, you love the pod. I want to send my kids to school here. Let's talk discounts." And he's like, "No, um, the pod's that big now. You have got to pay double, son.
2: You don't need discounts, Andrew. We've made it yeah, exactly. There you go. There you you go. should. So, be, you but, yeah. should be contributing to the school. You should be contributing to the media and the production arm um, to the school that the twins are going to go to. You, you need to give back. You can do that now." <laughs> One thing I did think as well, Andrew, because you are looking well now, genuinely, you're looking good. Seven and a half kilos down now. Fair play to you. I reckon I've aged 10 years in the last year. I look horrendous. Well, I did wonder, I mean,
3: like last week you asked about what your best body parts are and things like that. I've noticed on Twitter this week, you're putting up uh, reports of when you scored a hat trick against India back in the day. So you need some feel good around you, but mate, you don't look 10 years older than you did a year ago.
2: I think you look great, Jim. You're doing oh, well on TV. You're doing well on TV as well. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Mate, do, do you need
1: some compliments? Do you need d- some compliments? D-
2: we've signed with Spotify. I don't need any more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Manscaped are with a skin this week. They are the best in below the waist grooming and trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, having created the best bull hair trimmer in human existence. The Lawnmower 3.0. This month, they have a brand new peak hygiene plan where every three months, you get replacement blades delivered directly to your door, hassle-free. You can also build a combo and mix and match some of your favorite Manscaped products. This month, it comes with a free gift, the Foot Duster, which everyone needs in their life, don't they, Jim? Has it got a long arm on it?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've not touched my feet in twelve years, mate. Your feet are the most horrific
3: things I've ever seen in my life. When you sent me that picture the week, well, you sent me that picture the other week of your toenail that's about—I'm going to say—it's an inch thick on top. It's absolute and it's bright yellow,
1: absolutely hanging.
2: That's called a mauler's goo. That is. (laughs) Uh, So that has been (laughs) stood on many a time by many a man.
1: You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code RugbyPod at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com using the code RugbyPod. You'll be a modern man and you'll be supporting the pod as well. Well Let's get into rugby now then. Goody, England back. We're the best team in the world again, aren't we? That
3: first half of rugby... And the second half, we always knew that players were going to fall off a cliff a little bit in terms of the intensity. But my God, that first half of rugby, England going hammer and tongs against France. France bought their absolute A game. It was the best game or forty minutes of rugby I've seen, probably ever. Um, but you're going back to intense levels. Do you remember New Zealand South Africa in the World Cup and how brutal that was, and how that was an amazing gladiatorial battle? New Zealand against England in the, in the semi-final of the World Cup was unbelievable in terms of the intensity. But, my God, what a game that was. From skill level, finesse, fitness, brutality, it had absolutely everything. And, hey, all I'm saying is a blade of grass. Blade of grass helped us become the best team in the world again because so we beat the, the French team, who are also known as the best team in the world at the minute, and that makes us world champions. Before we
2: go through some of the key points of the game, and they did go hammer and thong, that call from Joy Neville, and look, let bygones be bygones, you know, not that we don't like officials um but with Spotify I've got all these new sayings, let bygones be bygones. Joy Neville <laughs> fair play to her, has made a massive decision there she's effectively not overruled Andrew brace
3: well she well she has she's she's overruled him to to overturn the referee Andrew brace's decision where he said he's got. On-field decision, no try held up. You have to see; it's clear and obvious in the review, um, which some people say you couldn't see. But she was; it felt like it was a try, one hundred percent. But the, the the pictures have to be clear and obvious. She felt she saw clear and obvious grounding. I think it did; it was as well. Other people have said it wasn't, but massive call.
2: Fair play to her. Fair play. Yeah,
3: you know, yeah. It's it, and if she was one hundred percent confident in that decision, it's exactly the right thing to do, and it was a brilliant call from her. And England fans, you go back a couple of weeks, the Wales game. You know, when things went against us with the TMO, swings and roundabouts, isn't it? So you only take the try in the Scotland Island game that Ireland scored when Roman Poats got his head right underneath. Everyone's saying we well, can't see it on the TMO review. There's no angle where you can see it. So you, you shouldn't have given the try. But Roman Poats put his head right in there and he's trying to have a right sniff of someone's gooch, I think, as well, when he's down there. But
2: How, how good was his positioning, though? <laughs> um, <mate>. Argu- arguably, <laughs> you could say he won't support his own body weight, but <laughs> my goodness me, fair pay, the King Prawn was out.
4: Yeah,
3: and, but that's the thing, though, isn't it? You know, Some go for you, some go against you. That one definitely, um, you know, Joy Neville uh, has made a strong decision that she felt was the right one, and it helped England win the game, and rightly so. Jim, Marrow. You'd written him off last Mate, what week. what are you doing, Jim? Writing Marrow off? <laughs> who wrote him <laughs> off? Are you clueless or what? Like you said, he's a penalty machine. He's, you know, he's not going to be Lions captain now because we've seen what he's like under... Pre- Mate, you were horrific to it. Poor bloke.
2: All oh, right, Well, I changed my mind. He's going to be Lions
3: <laughs> captain after the back of that.
2: <laughs> what do I know? Uh, he was always going to have a big performance. Him and Owen, I think. They're two of the players that were probably under a little bit of pressure who were starting... Um, and there was a lot of talk about last week. Yeah, for different reasons, though, because Marrow's
3: – bar the penalties, take some of the penalties out against – he's played unbelievably well, hasn't
2: he? Oh, he's been one of the players of the tournament. I called it, didn't I? Lions captain. Um, <laughs> but Marrow's – you know, he, he is he's a player that plays on the edge. Like The penalties uh, that we saw against Wales, you know, there were 50-50s. So there wasn't a lot in them apart from a couple. But for me, to score the try – and it's not an easy – finish you know hamish watson scored a good one for scotland that wasn't an easy finish but for me it was the kickoff after you look at when scotland scored their try and they couldn't deal with a kickoff ali price got charged down by ryan bed will obviously talk about you know that was a big moment in the game maratoji 76 minutes 77 minutes into the game just scored a try i mean the amount of work he gets through and to take that kick off the way that he did which you know the lads were talking about it on comms either this week or last week. David Flatman was talking about it. it's one of the hardest skills in rugby is taking them kickoffs, and they've pinpointed it just in front of him, and he's gone up like a like a salmon. And I've look, I've been there. The amount that have come off my head, Goody, as you know, that I one you got came straight off before Ed Twickenham, and everyone was laughing. <laughs> it's a difficult skill, but that's what I mean. That 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 shows how good the, how good he is. We know that anyway, but. Um, just with what goody said what a phenomenal game you know France t- t- having had three or four weeks off or whatever it's been since their last game, and they've been through covid and and all these things, and the way that they played they are phenomenal. I know England yeah. beat them, but it also shows how good England are because they're behind for the majority of the game, you're going into the last five minutes of the game, you're behind you're chasing the game. France last 20 minutes um, notoriously aren't that great. There was a few errors creeping into their performance. Talking about errors, and this has got nothing to do with errors for him. Oh my, Cyril bye. Looks like he's just rocked in from the pub, man from my own heart. <laughs> what a baller, is all yeah. I'm saying. My goodness me, he's a quality player. But um, yes, yeah, so a fair play to England. Credit where it's due. Uh, some big calls. Obviously, Max Malin's going to 15. Thought he did okay. I thought he played uh, well. It, it, it looked mm,
3: he looked dangerous. He looked yeah. confident and dangerous. Took the ball, took the high ball well. Yeah, you know, loads of boys. Billy was massive for England, wasn't he? Farrell played exceptionally well. Ford played well at 10. Ducked out of a few tackles, but... Um, you know he's, Watson uh, the attack Watson on his 50th was ridiculous you know, just everyone bought their intensity even Johnny May chasing after it like the bark, 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 the chicken when uh, you know the game was up it was you know a a top tier performance from England there was a crucial moment in the second half I think England were 20 points to 13 down and France were on the attack and it goes two ways and it shows the resilience of this England team. They have been under pressure. They were under pressure for a lot of that game. Had France a score, they got up to their 22 and then we won a penalty. And My God, talking about penalties, Tom Curry, although some of them were borderline, there was the one just before half-time when there was no clear release, I didn't think, after France had made the break, but he won the penalty. So you take the risk. And where Marrow was getting penalised against Wales, things were going for England against France. But Tom Curry was ridiculously good as well. Carried. Both sides of the ball. He's not just an absolute nose at every break. He's a nose, right? Full stop. And I mean that as a massive compliment. He is 150% every collision, whether he's defending, whether he's attacking, he flies onto the ball. He's got good hands. He's powerful. Just ridiculous. I think he got one of the turnovers when England were defending around their own 22 and they were 20 points to 13 down. France score then, it's game over. Um, England haven't become a bad side overnight because they've lost a few games. They're, the way they were performing wasn't great. The way they were attacking uh, over the last year hasn't been great. But finally, that first half, they they basically thought, fuck it, we're not listening to Eddie Jones anymore. We are just throwing it around absolutely everywhere and playing at an intensity that that first half, I mean, I was out of breath watching it. I'd have lasted a minute and a half defending or attacking or anything my lungs would have just packed in and Jim, you'd have been about a minute. Twenty. <laughs> 20, 20 minutes.
2: I reckon <laughs> I last twenty.
3: The intensity levels were just ridiculous and and France bought everything. Uh, we handled Vakatawa pretty well. Uh, but that did open up other opportunities for other players around him. Hell of a game. The, you know, it got everyone excited about watching a rugby game again. Where we've seen we have seen some dull fixtures. It's been tough because there's no fans. And so that intensity hasn't necessarily been there in some of the games, but a wonderful performance by England. And you know, you, the only thing you ask is, where was it in rounds
2: one, two, and three? Andrew, we can talk about fly halves on another team, and I don't want to be horrible to Ireland. Um, but France, I actually think France could be the favourites going to the World Cup. Off the back of that performance against England, and you think a couple more years to the World Cup with that young squad, Jally Bear, me old Jally yeah. Bear, or Untermac at 10, a lot of people think, this is what I've read, I've been reading the French newspapers, I might have translated them wrong, <laughs> that, that, that Jally Bear is better than Untermac. That's not me saying that. What do you think? Um,
3: on current form I mean yeah Untermak hasn't played for a while he's been injured he came back Yeah, yeah. Bear can play fullback as well um, he plays there for, for Bordeaux at times um, but he was phenomenal it's kind of the, you're watching it and everyone thinks that Untermak because part of it is because of his name part of it is because he's a wonderful player who what a name what a name though eh? I, I
2: you've got you've got Jim Hamilton and you've got Roman Intermak I <laughs> yeah. mean it's embarrassing uh, but he's he's been part of this renaissance of, of French rugby in this new
3: age of the youngsters coming through. And he's been the 10, the go-to man. Um, uh, and, and so I think everyone was expecting him to come on just after half-time and win the game for France or whatever. But Jalibert was playing that well. And he's got, he's got a set of skills on him at the line that are phenomenal. Uh, and you can see now... It's a complete change of emphasis from France because we've always known that France have got the absolutely sublime and the ridiculous in them, but that's gone. It just seems to have eradicated, and the sublime's still there, but it's now married with an absolute ability
2: to be consistent at the top level. And Andrew, they work off the ball, and again, without fanboying Sean Edwards... That's down to him. So that work off the ball. So if there's a if there is a line break or if there's a ball in the air and it bobs on the floor, I think we've seen one instance with Teddy Tommer, uh, where he threw threw his uh, threw the pigeons out of the tray during the Autumn Nations Cup, <laughs> it, 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 and he was walking around. Look at Cyril Byrne. I keep talking about him, the baller. His work off the ball. The players' work off the ball. With their ability to get off the line their ability in defence and the integrity that they've got and the passion and the energy, that's down to Sean Edwards. We've always said that they're a sleeping giant, France. And uh, you marry them all up with the stuff that you've spoken about. (laughs) I'm picking them for the World Cup. You talk about pigeons, though. Have you ever eaten pigeon, Jim? Is it a delicacy? (laughs) Mate, I
3: got invited over to Paris uh, to meet the owner of Brieve before I signed there to the Hotel Creon in Paris. And we went for dinner there to talk about me joining Breathe. Basically, I couldn't speak much French at the time. Daniel Drisbaugh couldn't speak much English or any English. And we had this conversation. He pointed at me, he goes, you eat the pigeon, you play for Brieve. So I asked for two.
2: Well, there's loads of pigeons about, especially in Coventry. There's loads. <laughs> there's loads hanging about the Lady Godiva statue. I can, I can, I can, catch them in a the net. I don't know if that's legal or not.
1: We're,
2: we're with Spotify now. I don't know whether you can do it. I might get someone to do it for me. <laughs>
1: Let's give Damien Pinot's try a little bit of airtime. Where does that rank in the t- in terms of tries you've seen in Twickenham over the years?
2: Yeah, it looked like a computer game, didn't it? Straight over the back of the line-out. And England, actually, you saw what Scotland did over the back of the line-out to them. That's a place where, obviously, France have done their homework as well. They've seen that there's an opportunity there, but it's pointless Why is, to it, me. Why is, su- it,
3: why is it there, Jim? Why is the opportunity there, Jim? Because the scrum, the scrum half's not, not at the tail of the line-out? No. Why did they target that area? One one
2: specific personal reason. Vakatawa running down the George channel Ford. of that's um, what I'm going to say so big big man running a little man Henry Slade steps in as well there's a few hey Andrew once it goes over the bat, mate hey it's every man I'm just waiting for it to slow down and for them to get into a pick and go game <laughs> <laughs> I'm understanding what's happening but it looked to me Andrew it looked like running lines Jalibert's done the double pump and he's throwing the balloon over the top and it's as easy as that yeah mate It was it was phenomenal and the way you look at it in terms of you can pick out a few
3: defensive issues but just Tip the slipper to France. Everything was pinpoint, perfect timing. You know, Slade steps in because Vacatar was coming hard um, at Owen Farrell, who's had to stay a bit tighter because George Ford's inside him. He makes that decision. There's a moment when Johnny May could have flown in and ended it, and he half hesitated, which gave Penno the opportunity to pump and then throw it over the top. But pure brilliance from France. The creation of that try, the timing of absolutely every pass that was on the money, no one checked for anything.
1: Uh, ridiculous. Well, France's Grand Slam dreams may be over, but Wales did what they had to do in Italy to set up a Grand Slam game in Paris this weekend. Do you guys think they'll make it? or? Oh, uh, It's a tough one, isn't it?
3: Because Wales have improved no end, but they're playing in France. I can't see Wales doing it. I'd love them to, because I'm a quarter Welsh. And I'd love it for Stephen Jones as well, one of the coaches, um, because they were under a lot of heat in the autumn and prior to that, but... Can you see them beating France away? I can't.
2: I can't say again that Wales is going to lose. I can't.
4: (laughs) It's not fair. It's not fair to
2: to our Welsh listeners and our fans. So whether or not I believe it or not, it doesn't matter. I think Wales, oh God, keep it under 40. Um, I'm going to just say Wales is going to win.
3: Well, this is the thing. You keep saying they're going to lose and they keep winning. So you should stick to that mantra because they'll like you more. France by 40 then.
2: Let's be honest about the situation. (laughs)
3: You are horrible. What, what, mate, what happens when we have a, another live show in Cardiff where the world gets back to normal, there's thousands of people there, and you're just getting booed left, right, and centre because you've abused the Welsh for ages? We'll bring Andy
2: Powell in to tell
1: that golf buggy story that no one's ever heard, and that'll just that'll settle them. Yeah, We're going to have a chat now with possibly the only man who predicted that Wales would win the Grand Slam this year. Former Wales and British and Irish Lions legend Scott Quinnell joins us. How are you, mate?
4: I'm very good, thank you. I'm very good. How are you?
1: Scott, we're very good and I, I've i got to
2: say I'm sorry because not only did I talk about Wales not being that good on the podcast, I actually said to your face before the yeah. Six Nations that it could be a wooden spoon for Wales. So I'm not only embarrassed <laughs> because I'm sat virtually speaking to a Welsh legend, but look at the way that Wales are playing now and they're on for a Grand Slam. It's, it's embarrassing that I'm even now in the media that I said them words to you.
4: <laughs> you know, it's the only reason i have actually come back on... <laughs> <laughs> if, if, we, if we'd lost four now there's no chance I'd be doing this it's brilliant it's brilliant the boys have been playing well the experienced guys like uh, Jim Bob had uh, written off at the start of the tournament uh, are playing some good rugby so thanks for those words it always it always works out like that and uh, you, you know with people do you know what it, it sort of gets on my wick a little bit because people are saying well you've been lucky and you but do you know what I was so unlucky so many bloody times it's quite nice when you get a bit, bit of luck go your way. And you know, you, you didn't get in a position you got, you win four from four. And you know, people say it would be tough going to Paris. And it will be tough going to Paris because they, they, they are building themselves a little bit like England did uh, uh, all those years ago, before 2003. Uh, you know, they're they starting to get a little bit of steel in them, uh, in this this trench side. And, they, they, you know, the way they scored the tries, they took it on the weekend, you know, they would be delighted with that. It is going to be tough, but, you know, it's one-on-one and who knows? There's no crowd there and uh, it's going to be a brilliant game on Saturday.
3: Yeah, it is. And uh, the Welsh are a passionate bunch, right? Everyone knows that. But you actually said yourself that you believe that there could be a grand slam in this for Wales. What did make you say that? And what's the difference between where they're at now and the autumn, which wasn't that long ago when things were a bit tougher for them?
4: It was it was tough, and I think it was tough for everybody at that time. Uh, they, they were coming in uh, the new coaching system. Uh, they, they were trying different things out. Uh, they lost, uh, you know, Warby had gone. Uh, Gethin uh, Jenkins had uh, had come in, and uh, that needed time to settle. And then after the after the autumn internationals, there was a change to Gethin Jenkins taking over defence coach uh, Stephen Jones. Wayne Pivak, uh you know, getting the, the the feet under the table, getting a little bit of Consistency in, in in their coaching with with Humphs, uh, of course, uh, doing the forwards, and Jinx has been a constant over the last forty years for Wales. You know, he must been playing. <laughs> uh, you know, and 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 you just felt that with Ken Owens coming back, uh, you know, with Alwyn Jones, it's the first time that Alwyn Jones has had a break from any sort of rugby. I think you know because he didn't play from the autumn internationals until the first game for for Wales. And he was—he needed that, you know what I mean. He—he he, he sort of needed that break. Uh, Josh Navidi coming back in, uh, likewise. Alex Jenkins, now he picked up man of the match against Benetton on the weekend for the Blues. He's only had three games back, you yeah. know, And he's—and he's, and he's flying. Uh, you know, George North. I think it was inspired to put him in uh, at thirteen. My father actually told me. My father sat down. Uh, oh, we were having a coffee, probably you know, ten years ago, and and he said, "You know that he did only this George North," kid, he said. I think he'll end up at 13. Wise man. It only took him a caps to do it. But you know <laughs> <what I mean?
2: laughs> he was right.
4: So with, with those guys coming in, you know, Liam Williams coming back uh, to, to form as well, you know, those that experience has showed. And like you said, you know, you, if people call it luck. You know, the two red cards in the, in the first two games. Is, I can't believe they were lucky. Well, they're not. You know, if, if Peter Romani doesn't hit uh, somebody in the end and if Ferguson doesn't hit somebody in the end, then that's not luck, you know what I mean? Then that that's the law. You know, yeah, okay, they were down to fourteen men and and we took our opportunities. Let's put it that way, it wasn't luck. We took our opportunities when they were there
2: absolutely and wayne pivak under a lot of pressure going into this six nations i think there's there's a stat that i've got here which i wasn't aware of until producer tim lay it on my desk that wales have equaled the most tries they've ever scored in the six nations with obviously this game to go in paris wayne pivak obviously wanted to come in and put his own stamp on a team that was littered with world-class proven test players under Warren Gatlin having won the amount of things that they won but he was under loads of pressure but now you're actually starting to see a little bit of how he wants to play and it's coming to fruition
4: absolutely and you know you have a look at that and I, I mentioned all the older heads coming back in and the experience coming back in Louis Rizami, wow
2: how quick
4: you know those two tries against Scotland the, the second try the chip when hockey was coming across and he didn't break stride. He was a chip. He, you know, he he didn't break stride. And then he scored the try. But It was the first one. It, it was the ability to be able to stop on a six fence, cut back inside, score that try. You know, he looks like he's been playing for the last five years. You know, he's just been absolutely outstanding. And Josh Adams. Now he knows, uh, obviously, uh, the the birth of the you know the, oh, well, just the gender of the child. Uh, you know, he, he's uh, he's come back into the team and. Uh, as well you know uh, he's been outstanding in the last five years and he doesn't put a foot wrong really he works so hard and then you have two british lions in george north and john davis uh, in the centers and you know when you're as, as a coach i think i think, think every sort of as a coach if you're lucky enough to have your best players available and coming into form you know what i mean it doesn't have to change your opinion on on, on people's opinion of you and you, and you coach him. I've seen the way that they're trying to move the ball around a bit more. They're not always going to the right hand side. They're always, they're not always putting the ball in the air. They're not all. There are picking up. They're playing with the uh, the heads up. Uh, Dan Biggers playing with his head. Carl Carol coming on and and playing with with his head. Up. And when you've got two guys like that that are, are going for the ten position, you know it's just wonderful as a coach. So the, all the, the put all that into the place. And that recipe makes for a good dessert, if you know what I mean. Uh, the fact that you know everything has sort of come together, and now with the youngsters are coming through as well, you know the, the future looks looks a lot brighter.
3: Mate, it certainly doesn't. We like our desserts, don't we, Scotty? Um, oh, let's okay. just let's just talk about Lewis summit You're welcome to the whole of Wales because I was commentating on a game for BT Sport a couple of years ago, and I said it's got to be English. Let's get him an England team. And I put it on Twitter and he just came back with me with a Welsh flag. So uh,
4: he put me in my place. You could try and every, everybody, good. You, you know what I mean? You can say that. When, you, when, you, when, when you're working around the world, and you, can't, you can't expect everybody to be English. You know what I
3: mean? <laughs> Anyone that's good, we want them. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Wales as a bubble then because we know how intense it is around the rugby in Wales. You know, it's like a goldfish bowl, isn't it? A lot of people are going to compare this team potentially with the previous teams that won the Grand Slam. How do you think it's it compares, and is the Welsh public putting a load of pressure on them because of that factor of the goldfish bowling Wales around rugby?
4: You know, it, it's never like for like. Uh, you know what I mean? You have a look at 08, you have a look at 12, you have a look at 13, you have a look at uh, 19. You know, they're, they're all different, and uh, they've all got their own traits uh, in in the way that they win Grand Slams. Uh, I think this is the most important for this group. I saw. Let me stat. I know you, know you know you love a stat. Uh, it was on the weekend, and if Halloween Jones wins on Saturday uh, in the Six Nations uh, period, uh, he's got as many Grand Slams as England and Ireland put together. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, just... I just, I just, feel, I feel embarrassed to call myself a rugby player. Like when we now <laughs> speak about him. I mean, what? Uh, I think you will have more Grand Slams than you've had Six Nations
3: victories, Jim. As well.
4: Hang on, hang on. Look, I was, I was, I was going through a Twitter earlier, right? And, uh, and Jim actually put down. He put on when Leicester Tigers beat India and he so, scored three yeah. tries. He was so embarrassing. Happy. He embarrassing. was so happy when, when he had that. It was all it was all all over his social media. Did you that, see the game, yeah. Scott?
2: Did you see the game though? Did you see this Leicester India game or not?
4: No, pro- probably. I, probably I missed that. One. <laughs> I, I probably I, I do apologise, but I know you're going to send your three tries over. On Zoom, you'll get them out
2: there somewhere. I'm trying to find them.
3: (laughs) Uh, Let's look forward to the game this weekend. And obviously the big thing is going to be around Sean Edwards. um, And he is going to be potentially the guy that has the biggest impact on this French team to stop Wales winning the Grand Slam. Um, He's done a wonderful job there in the short space of time. Is he still massively missed in Wales? Because he did such a wonderful job, didn't he? And you know, personally, um, how do you feel about him coaching the French now?
4: And I'm delighted. I, I, I was lucky enough. Right? I played uh, I played for a couple of years up Wigan and uh, uh, Sean was my scrum half up, uh, up in Wigan. He, he's a great man. You know, he's incredibly intense uh, when when he's in and around rugby. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I remember standing there and I, I think I was only 10 yards away from him and he threw the pass. You've never seen anything like it. It, it, it. You must have thought it was 50 yards away from him. And I dropped it. I said, Sean, come on, mate. You know what I mean? And he looked at me and he went, my job to pass it. It's your job to catch it. <laughs> you're right. Know, and, 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 you can't argue with that. You know, you can't argue no. with that. And you know, and he brings that intensity, and he brings that intensity not only to when he played, but to his, his coaching as well. And when when he when when he's in sessions, you know, he he oh boy, he doesn't have uh, get out there, he doesn't have uh, leave a little bit of Sean Edwards on uh, on every rugby pitch that he coaches or he's played on. And uh, you know what he did for Wales was incredible. What he did, you know, and and everybody loves him. He, he's a Welshman to everybody in Wales. Sean Edwards is a Welshman, you know, and. Uh, but now, you know, we've had to move on and he's made his decision, he's gone to France and for our point of view, you know, we'd like to, you know, put one over him on, on, on Saturday and, you know, with Gethin Jenkins coming in and he, he learned a, a huge amount from Sean Edwards, uh, you, you know, when you, you talk about it and he's got that intensity and he has got he backs it up to the fact that uh, Gethin Jenkins performed like that. He performed at the highest level, you know what I mean? Uh, as a prop, he was an extra back rower, and he was over the top of the ball and he was over his defensive game as well. Good, so he's walk the walk, he can talk the talk, as as they say, and that ability to be able to, to, to now get through to, to the younger players and the players that he played with, uh, you know, that have so much respect for him. So, you know, uh, the, the, as, as they say, the, the king is gone, long live the king, but uh, we've got a new one now.
2: And Scott, when you look at this Welsh team, I think we've touched on it before, but I think it's there for all to see and probably more glaringly obvious now because there's no fans, I've spoken about it before, you know, playing at Millennium, now the Principality Stadium in Wales, in Cardiff, one of the best places to play rugby in the world, if not the best place. Loads of people will say that. What does it mean for Wales as a country when Wales win matches or when Wales win Grand Slams? Because it... It seems every time that I've been there and I've done a couple of documentaries for Rugby Pass, we've obviously spoken as well um, over here. What does it mean to Wales?
4: It, it's just a passion. It, it's, just, it's just the passion. You know what I mean? I, I think more than, I suppose, any other country at the moment, That's that, that may be a struggle that people aren't allowed into the ground. I think, I th- I think the principality, you know, is one that needs a crowd. You know what I mean? When you put that roof on, it just holds the atmosphere. It, it ramps up the atmosphere. I think everybody uh, used to go down to Cardiff. You know, it, it was the you know if you came down from the valleys or you came down from West Wales or you came down from up north. You know, it was a destination. You know, if you had a ticket, brilliant. If you didn't have a ticket, brilliant. It didn't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, it, and, and it was that sort of atmosphere. And good. It goes back to the point that you made earlier. You know I mean, the pressure that the players are under now. You know. it's without that drive in, without that drive down into the stadium and without you know, without the crowd there. And you can you you can be as successful as you went on the field, but you want to share it with three other million people. You know, we are lucky enough almost to be able because we're a with a a country of three million people, you can almost by Wednesday have high fived everybody. You know what I mean? It it it, it's it 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 is who we are, It, it it it's it's our identity, it's
3: Small gene pool there, isn't
4: there? We need a couple to be successful. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's brilliant. And, and when you when when you look at it like that, you know, um, it's going to be massive. It's going to be like Liverpool last year. This one will almost be like Liverpool last year. You know, winning the winning the winning the league, and then not being able to celebrate with the crowd uh, because Warren got had than it. Uh, you know, and uh, the success then was almost every couple of years you expected a Grand Slam. After last year, it was tough with Wayne Pivac. Uh, it was it was tough for him to come in after after you know the success of the coaching team before, and for Wayne and all the coaching team this time, if they do it, you know, uh, wait till we are allowed in the Inspirely Stadium. Uh, I think it'll be party time again.
3: Uh, I hope they make it because uh, Stephen Jones, he's a hell of a bloke as well. Someone that you play with and know um, and sits behind Wayne Pivak in that coaching team. Such a wonderful guy.
4: Oh, bro, do you know what? In, uh, was it 90, uh, I think it was 99. you know, it was either 99 or 2001. We beat New France uh, in Paris, and myself and Steve Black were walking back after the dinner. Uh, we'd had a couple of glasses of wine, and, uh, you, you know, it, it starts late, it goes on. So we, we decided to walk back, you know, we were sort of pushing on a bit. So we thought, let's go back to the hotel. And he was our fitness coach, and uh, we walk him back. And as we get back to the hotel, uh, all of a sudden, I get ambushed from behind the Citroën C5. Right, There's somebody coming in, whack, right? I'm on the floor, and there's this guy on top of me, banging me, banging me, banging me. I thought, who is this guy? Before I to pick him up and throw him off. It was SQ, SQ. It was Stephen Jones. It was Stephen Jones. The end of, he was there with the under 21s and 8 1 as well. And he came down and he oh, was just just absolutely brilliant. He, he's one of the nicest men. Uh, in sport, you know, he's he's been brilliant, for doing. But obviously, as success, he has in coaching as he has, uh, uh, obviously, as a player.
3: He's he's a bit of a lightweight as well on the drink, so uh, we'll give him we'll give him his due. Um,
4: it was about it was about five
3: past one, mate. In fact, let's t- let's talk about the other big news that's uh, in the media at the minute around the British and Irish Lions. Um, you know, you had a wonderful. Uh, tour with them uh, to Australia and um, obviously the Lions tour this summer. You've been a massive part of all the coverage with Sky over the last few years. Um, how disappointed are you that it's not going to be in South Africa if that's the way it is going? We don't know what's going to happen yet. And how excited are you on the other sort of flip side of the coin that it is going to go ahead in the UK and Ireland and we'll see, hopefully, Pack Stadia and everything like that? Yeah, it's,
4: it's it's a double-edged sword. The thing about being a Lion, and again, I left uh, in ninety-seven. Uh, you know, would you like to? We would like to ask you to tour with the British and Irish Lions to South Africa, and ah, it was everything. It's, it's the reason I came back from England. It's the reason that I went to Richmond was to be able to get an opportunity to tour with the Lions in 1997. Um, and then, you know, to go in 2001 and play t- three tests in 2001, was just incredible. But it's not that. It's It's been around your peers. It's been around the guys they respect so much. You beat the shit out of each other, you know, for four years just to be able to get on one of these tours and and to spend the time with these guys and learn off these guys and just have a coffee with these guys, have a beer with these guys. is, is very, very special. Uh, and, and that's what, what part of touring is all about. That's what you know, spending two months together, I'm, I'm getted for South Africa because if there's one rugby nation in the world at the moment, probably, that needs the money from British and Irish Lions fans, is South Africa, you know, uh, for the infrastructure of South Africa, for the hotels of South Africa, for the bars of South Africa, the restaurants of South Africa, uh, for the tours, you know, uh, you know that that's what touring is about, you know what I mean? I'll never forget one of the greatest moments of my Lions career Uh, playing-wise, was uh, standing in uh, Brisbane the day before the test, the first test in 2001. And all of a sudden, it's like somebody had opened up the gates and there was 35,000 Britain and Irish fans in Brisbane because all the tours culminated on a Friday in Brisbane. And it was just the most incredible feeling in the world knowing that these people from four brilliant countries had come together to watch one rugby team. That meant so much to you as 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 a, as a player, and you know not to get that maybe this year. Uh, on the other edge of it, do we need this tour? Yes, because it's been a tough eighteen months. It's been a tough year in lockdown. Do people need something to, to look forward to? Do they want to watch uh, British and Irish lions v South Africa in Ireland, Scotland, England? Which, yes, uh, is the answer. If it can, if it definitely cannot go ahead in South Africa then we need that injection of Lions just to settle us all down again just before Rugby World Cup. And, uh, you know, in one way or another, I hope it goes ahead. Uh, But, you know, for me, it has to be with fans. And then that is what Lions is all about.
1: Do you think if the tour is in the UK... The lions will be weaker. I don't.
4: Th- I don't think it'll be worse for the team's performance because you know uh, we used to go to Trukin and we used to go to the Principality. We used, used to go to the We used to go to the Viva. The players will be together for the six-week period that, that they are together. You know, uh, all talking. They may go to Jersey. You know, to to base there. Um, and then fly in and out of, of different uh, different stadium. Um The one thing they will miss is the experience of of you know diving with sharks, you know, sort of surfing and going to Stellenbosch and being at the, you know you, you know the high veld in uh, in Joburg and uh, you know going to the butcher shop in uh, Pretoria and the little the little things that you think back on the tour. And, oh my God, that was a great, that was an amazing like you know, but I. I I think we would actually make us a little bit stronger, the fact that we're playing at home. But that's not quite like what all Lions is all about. You know, it, it is about travelling with 35,000 British-Irish Lions fans. Uh, but needs must. And, you know, in four years' time, we see everybody in Australia.
2: Yeah, definitely.
3: Last question on the Lions for me then. Jim's written him off countless times. Alan Wynne-Jones for Lions captain, or, or who can you see?
2: Hang on, I need to defend myself here, Scott. So we obviously had a chat, spoke about it. And I thought, Maratoji, what the hell am I talking about? Alan Wynn jones for Lions captain. You've heard it here. I so boke about it last week. <laughs> There's no better man. Proven winner. Warren Gatland's captain. He's our man. Do you agree with me? <laughs> Change your tune, Jim. You know what, Jim Bob? Right? It's one of
4: those things where, you know, you're, you're just out of play. You're young in the, you're young in the experience. You're, coming up, you're doing brilliantly well. You know, you're doing brilliantly well. Probably, I think at this point, you've just turned You've just turned the corner. You've just turned the corner. <laughs> you've seen the light, my friend. You've
2: seen the light. So that's an agreement. You agree with me then?
4: I totally agree with you. Agree with me. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> Hands up. Total agreement. <laughs>
1: All right, Scott. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show and uh, enjoy watching Wales go for that Grand Slam this weekend.
4: Pleasure, gentlemen.
1: Good to see Cheers, you. Cheers, Scott. Top man.
2: Thank you, Scott. Cheers, guys. Legend. What a legend! <laughs> what a legend that bloke is. For the listeners, I, if I felt like Scott Cornell saluted me, so I saluted him back. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: he, might been, he might have been scratching his head and I've just given him like, a military salute. Uh, like I said, I said before, I'd run through a wall for that man. I would run yeah. through a wall for that man. Um, the passion... You know, everything he embodies. Um, mate, he's a legend. I love
3: him. I could listen to him all day and he's got story after story after story. So uh, he's a lovely bloke. He always does things with a big smile on his face. So happy he came on. I'm so happy to see you crumble, Jim, and go, oh, Scott, I just agree with everything you say now because a couple of weeks ago, you were bagging Alan Jones. Now you're just, trying to make friends in Wales and agreeing with the legend that is Scott Quinnell.
2: With Scott Quinnell, if anyone who hasn't seen the School of Hard Knocks clip where he galvanises offenders, um, people who have been in jail, lads have been in jail and they get to go, th- go through this programme. Sky Sports did a show with Scott Quinnell, Will Greenwood um, and he gives this speech... YouTube, Scott Quinnell, School of Hard Knock Speech, and he's chatting to the players as they're about to go out and play. And most of them never played rugby before. And he says this line Have you seen the dragon? Have you seen the fucking dragon? <laughs> I, uh, I Every time I watch it, I get fucking goosebumps. I love shit like that. And, uh, Scott, I've seen the fucking dragon, mate. That's all I know. Um, I've, seen, I've, seen, I've seen the dragon and not the one in Hong Kong. I've seen the dragon, mate. Have
1: you guys been enjoying your picked coffee? Oh, mate, a cafeteria full of that is just
2: delicious, isn't it? Yes, Andrew, I love coffee. I'll be honest with you. And it
1: popped through the letterbox. What more do you want? Coffee through the letterbox. Well, Pack Coffee does deliver flexible coffee plans to your door. They only source the best coffee and they pay coffee farmers above the fair trade baseline. You can get your coffee whenever or wherever you want and you can pause, cancel or change your plan at any time. There are no hidden posted charges. And if you order before 1 p.m. Monday to Friday, your order will be with you the very next day. It's also, as you said, Jim, it's letterbox friendly, so you don't need to be at home waiting for your coffee. We've got a discount code to get your first bag from just £1.95. Just head to packcoffee.com, that's PactCoffee.com. that's P-A-C-T coffee.com, and enter the code RUGBY at the checkout. The code is valid when you create a packed coffee plan, and it's for new customers only, so go and check them out. Scotland, Ireland. Oh, Jim. Oh, Jim. Same old story, isn't it? Jim, the saying sometimes goes all fart, no
2: poo. I'm just going to leave it to you,
3: though.
2: Talking of farts, I did a fart on the show last week, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't realise, but I saw it back on YouTube and I lifted up the left leg because I I don't know why you lift up a lead leg like like a dog, but Scotland, same old story. You know, when you look at it, I spoke to Stevie Ferris today. We, We were kind of chatting all things ruggers and golf and a lot else and hair. And he couldn't believe going to the game that everyone was back in Scotland to win. You know, nine out of the, the, the last nine out of 10 games, Scotland have played Ireland, Ireland have won. So you look at it like that, you're thinking, where's the arrogance coming from myself and other people thinking Scotland are going to win? And that arrogance, I suppose, and the expertise come off that England game, right? Really, the way that we played in that match and we've probably got a little bit carried away, but that is a Scotland of old performance. I thought, yeah, I, I, I thought we were poor. You know, we lost six lineouts. You can't win a test match losing six lineouts. Um, discipline was average again. It was just looked a little bit off for whatever reason. Uh, Finn didn't play that well. You know, kicked the ball out on the full. Um, and Ireland played a game which everyone knew was coming. The Scotland players would have known that that's how Ireland were going to play. And... For Ireland, their big players turned up. They they played a really smart game, picking and going, physical. Uh, They were kicking the balls up in the air, took their chances when they were on, took the penalties uh, at post early, respected Scotland. And yeah, I think one of the positives was we were 24 points to 10 down and we got ourselves back in with a draw. And I don't know, I'm I'm frustrated with that performance. I'm not gutted, but I'm frustrated. But a bit of context from a Scotland perspective Beat England comfortably, brilliant performance. Wales, red card for Xander Ferguson, took the wind out of the sails, still could have beat Wales. Unbelievable tackle. Yeah, exactly. So around that, and then you're thinking, right, big game against France in Paris, probably not going to win, but it keeps the momentum going. That game against France gets postponed, should have been cancelled, got postponed. So now it's four weeks that the Scotland players haven't played together as a team. Finn Russell goes back to Rassin has to play in the fallow weeks. Johnny Gray goes back. Stuart Hogg goes back to Exeter. Chris Harris goes back to play for Gloucester. All of a sudden, you know, as a team, you're going through the tournament. The win against England, all right, the game against Wales, you can accept. You think you're going to move for- move forward and you-, and you can't. You're just so disjointed. And then Ireland, on the other hand, they've been together the whole time. They're rested. Big win against Italy. Really simple game plan. And in the end, I don't think the scoreline reflect the game. I think Ireland won that game fairly comfortably, although it wasn't comfortable. It was 27 points to 24. Sexton got the kick uh, towards the end of the match. But uh, fair play to Ireland and Scotland. We've got a lot to learn, let's be
3: honest. A couple of bits on that, Jim. So um, France have played and done exactly the same as Scotland. How did they play? Exceptionally I'm ju- well. I'm, ju- I'm, I'm just picking holes in your argument. Uh, but yeah, I get it. Um, and it has been unfortunate for Scotland. you think the game's done and dusted, don't you? But Scotland fought back and, um, you know, led by the mullet, Hamish Watson, um, to to score that try. Uh, And then it's a Scotland error again that gifts Johnny Sexton the chance to get his spuds out again. And have you got an apology for Johnny Sexton, Jim? I I apologized about three or four weeks ago. Out playing Finn, playing 80 minutes. I mean, just all the things that you've questioned him about, I I don't
2: know. Do you think Sexton (laughs) is about to kick that penalty? And do you think there's any part of him that thinks of me? I think there is. (laughs) I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, you're thinking about me right here, right now. The kick was was a bit of a, what do you call it? A shank. A wobbler. Yeah, a wobbler. A bit of a wobbler. Uh, But yeah, a Lions year again. And you're looking for players that when it really matters, when the going gets tough, you can deliver. And apart from Hamish Watson. Hoggy played well, I thought. Yeah, Hog- well, Hoggy's in, but I'm talking about like out with that in terms of the obvious with Hoggy. Yeah, uh, you know Finn, and a big like it was a big opportunity for him because you're up against Sexton, you're up against the old dog, you're the young young dog, and he just did f- for whatever. It- and look, you know, he- he's played well for Scotland for low, so I don't want to sit here and-, and-, and speak out of turn. You know, Finn's a world class player, but we just didn't play well. We just yeah. but we lost six lineouts.
3: They need you for the two step lob. You go back to 2015 World Cup, they'd have beaten Australia if Jim Hamilton was in there coming off the bench for the last five minutes with a two-step lob, not giving six penalties away. And then now, they need you as a coach, Jim. Just get yourself back in the mix.
2: I'm happy to deliver the two-step lob for them. I mean, look what Paul O'Connell's doing. He's getting paid about three, four hundred grand, and I'm happy to go and do that (laughs) part-time.
1: What went wrong with the alignment,
2: Not one thing. There was a few different things. You know, Ireland, we just mentioned Paul O'Connell's name. Spoke to him on the phone last week, randomly, about whiskey. Um, And famous grouse whiskey, of all things. And he's a go-at. He's one of the best who have ever done it. And you've got him in the mix. And then you look at Ireland's line-out, apart from when they play England, and it'll be interesting to see how they go this weekend, because they are struggling against England. But as a line-out, they've always been very good. Good driving game. But you've got Paul O'Connell, one of the best who have ever done it. Probably not, work. he will be working with her attack, but that comes down to the players being able to feel it on the ground, but working on their defence. So he'll put structures in place that will that you can have a big influence on line-out defence. And you look at it, it wasn't just one thing. There was a bad throw, timing was off. Ireland did a really good job in, in marking it up and you'll probably lose one or two. But I spoke about it before the game. If Scotland were going to win the game, you don't get many opportunities against Ireland. They hold on to the ball so well. You've got to take the opportunities when they come. The reason Scotland beat England, in my opinion, was because of the ascendancy and the innovation they showed around the line-out early on against England to get, you know, a Cam Redpath. You know, Sam Johnson didn't get in the game really off, off strike. So there's a number of things that didn't go well, and the tournament's done now it does happen every Six Nations though doesn't it let's be honest
3: there's yep. a lot of positivity and you can't get any more positive than beating England in the first game at Twicken and breaking that hoodoo and yeah the wind's been taking out their sails but it, they always let you down a little bit Scotland don't they
2: yeah it's, it's been a disjointed Six Nations and I don't know what more to say um, I think we'll beat Italy I think we'll beat them comfortably the game against France, we're going to struggle, I imagine. But it could be we lose to Italy and beat France. Who knows? We'll go back <laughs> to that saying. Who knows? And the, the other thing, the other thing you've got to mention when you talked about lineouts is how ridiculous uh, the
3: trio of James Ryan, Ian Henderson, and Ty Byrne as a defensive
1: lineout.
2: Yeah, Ty Byrne's phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh, friend of the show, apparently.
1: What'd you make of his try?
2: What? What? No try. It was a try, Jim. I know it was.
4: <laughs> <laughs> was
2: it though? Was it? Oh gosh. Uh, hand on heart
3: uh, hand on heart didn't think it was a try only one man knows whether it was a try or not and he's bent over he got a little finger bob particular as well from one of the Scottish boys and then someone went in from behind and pushed him in there he was head down in the mud I think some more of his hair blew off but fair play to Roman Poit he could have just taken the easy route out and gone I
0: check with my DMO no, no, no. I wanted the contact. I get my
2: head in the... High five. It is a try. If anyone... Put it this way. He was in a better position than me. Yeah. But <laughs> well, yeah. everyone.
3: Everyone, wasn't he? Fair play to him. We, we talked about... I think Luke Pearce did it once in the Premiership and everyone... JP Doyle did it. Everyone's like, oh, that's amazing. At the top level, he's gone in there. He knows how important that decision is. And TMO's never going to be able to see that.
2: But Ty Burr, big shout out to him. Um, Another man of the match performance, uh, proper. And you talk about the Lions Tour, you've got a player that will probably slot back into the second row with James Ryan injured this week, with Peter O'Mahony coming back into the back row potentially. Um, He's going on the Lions Tour, really, because of the way that he's played. He's good over ball, he's durable, he has to go. So, fair play to a big shout out to our friend.
1: What do you make of CJ Stander announcing his retirement from rugby? He's only 30, isn't he?
2: Shocked. Where that come from? Out of the blue. Out of the blue. So the wh- when I saw the announcement today, being Tuesday, we we're recording it a day later because we had some big news. Don't know if you know with Spotify. But when he announced it this morning over social media, that's how we announce our lives now. I was thinking, protect, this is what I initially thought. I thought he's still in contract, right? And he's trying to find a way to get home. So maybe go on the Lions tour, get home, and get a contract when he's there. So basically say that he's retiring for family reasons and then next thing we know he's playing for the Blue Bulls or Natal Sharks because they've got a load of investment. You're talking about
3: Hooson. You're basically comparing him to Hooson who walked out of Racing and walked out of somewhere else and then he ended up, I'm just going back to the farm, and then he took €4 million to play for Montpellier. Is that what you're talking about?
2: That is the cynic and the nasty person in me that thinks that he (laughs) would do that. But speaking to Stevie Ferris, he doesn't think that... That is the case. And I don't think, like, basically, what I'm saying, he's not in contract, he's done. So I'm surprised because for me, he looks like he's got at least two or three years at the tap end. And, uh, but look, he's made the decision. All I know is when Marrow ripped his top off, I think it was last Six Nations, and he has got abs coming out the side of his abs and abs (laughs) coming out of his lats. I was thinking, mate,
1: I've
2: had to turn the TV off so the missus ain't seen it to so know what a real man looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gutted. And again, I keep going back to my conversation with Stevie, but Ireland are well equipped, aren't they, uh, with, with, with the Bat rows You've got Gavin Coombs, who's phenomenal for Munster. You've got Kayleigh Meal Doris, if he gets back uh, to full fitness and full health. Um, Jack Conan as well. But as a fan, I'll be sad to see CJ stand up. What a credit to Irish rugby. Took a little bit of stick going in, uh, because he's a project player. Couldn't speak English slash Irish, um, and look what he's done in the jersey. He wears his heart on his sleeve, and um, you know it'd be nice to see him get a lion swan song. I'll be honest, I'm happy to see that with how he's played for Ireland. But he's he's done. He's done. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a shock
3: and a shame, but also you've got to sit there and respect him. He's obviously made this decision and thought long and hard about it for him personally. So. You know, whether that's something to do with an injury, that, you know, he just feels his body can't keep producing at the level. Some players want to retire when they know that they're on that downward curve physically. And I'm not saying he is. What I'm saying is, he maybe he wants to retire when he's ready to go. And people look at it, you're playing the Six Nations. Why would you do that? Well, you can only let that decision sit with him. And, and he's made that decision for the best reason for him and his family. Obviously, he's moving. He said he's moving back to South Africa, which is always a big pull for him. And you know, some ridiculous comments I've seen on social media coming out saying it's a disgrace that he played for Ireland. Now he's moving back to South Africa. It's just ridiculous. Look at what he's done in the jersey. Look how much he gives, and he gives everything when he plays. But it just felt, from a fan's point of view, which you know we we are a bit now. You'd want to see go through to the World Cup and then perhaps retire after that. But as fans, you can't choose when a player retires. Um, He's made that decision. You respect him. Um, and you hope, as Jim said, he gets a, a hell of a ending to the, the season in a Munster and an Ireland jersey and potentially a, a Lions jersey as well.
1: Let's look ahead to round five then and get your predictions in for the Guinness Pint Predictor on Match Pint to wrap up the Six Nations chat. Jim, you called the England-France game perfect. Oh, you? well,
2: you know, I am an expert and all that. It's I, I, I can't even joke, I'm embarrassed by where I Don't even tell me where I'm sat. I'm sure Andrew might it's want to tell me where I'm sat. It
3: is, it is embarrassing, Jim. But you did get that game exactly right, didn't you? England by three, eh?
2: Oh, is that what I went for, was it? I didn't even know. I didn't <laughs> go on.
3: <laughs> you did. You did. I went England by four. Uh, but yeah, you got the perfect prediction, James.
2: I'm going to have to throw some ridiculous scores out there this weekend for the match point Predictor then, aren't I? Well,
1: if you want to get involved, it's the same format as usual. Just download the Matchpoint app from all good app stores. Predict the scores, beat your mates, and then win great rugby prizes. And make sure you join the UK's biggest private league with the league code... Rugby pod as well. All right, Scotland, Italy, what's happening? I'm going to have to make
2: some ridiculous calls. I'm going to have to make some ridiculous calls this week. So I'm going to go Italy by 26. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Ireland by 21. And I'm going to say Wales are going to absolutely dominate France by 42 points.
3: <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. Let's have it for real
2: then, Jim. Scotland, Italy. I'm going Scotland by 30. I'll go a bit more humble, I think. I'll go Scotland by 28. Island england Hard one to call.
1: Looks like Slade uh, could be out and Ollie Lawrence could get another shot as well.
2: Mm, I'd like to see that. Uh, not Slady be injured, obviously. He's, he's a wicked player, but Ollie Lawrence got a good opportunity. Uh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It really is to call. Ireland haven't played. Oh, again, I've got horrible again. I've been horrible again. <laughs> Ireland haven't played as well as we like to think. Good win against Scotland. England phenomenal against France. No fans At the Aviva. St. Paddy's Day. I'm going to go Ireland by six. Really? But I'm not feeling that. But I'm not feeling that. I've said it. I'm not feeling it, though. Bearing in mind, we've absolutely hosed Ireland the last however many
3: times we've played them. And I think Ireland are mentally scarred against playing England because you go back to the game a couple of years ago in the Six Nations at the Aviva Stadium when England absolutely dominated them, didn't they? Do you remember that game? Oh, I don't remember it now. Yeah, you do, you do. Um, James Ryan is out injured. That's a massive loss. I'd love to see him go heads up against Atoji.
2: Ring Rose is what? out as well. Yeah. CJ Stander is his last game. Fort Ireland. Bit of emotion around that. Yeah, I'm going England by 10. arrogant. So so arrogant. arrogant, So arrogant. So arrogant. arrogant. This is ridiculous. Just overconfident. France, Wales. Again, we've had Scotty on. He he could sell me a pencil, mate. I'd run through a a wall for that man. (laughs) Have you seen the fucking dragon? (laughs) I can't see France losing, but I've got to go. I've I've got to say Wales. No,
3: don't, (laughs) mate. Don't say Wales because... If you say Wales, France will win. You know, opposites attract with you. I'll give my honest answer then. France by 20. (laughs) Um, I I think it'll be a hell of a ding-dong, actually, um, because Wales will want to put width on it as well as France. I just think France will have too much. They'll be hurting from last week. They know they've still got the ability to win the Six Nations. Um, You think back to the end of last Six Nations when France had to beat Ireland, and Ireland were going for it, weren't they, to still win the championship? France are too much for them. I'm I'm going France by 7.
1: All right. Well, shall we have a look at the Premiership now?
3: Yeah, not really. Let's just move on from that, shall we?
1: Goody. <laughs> What's going on, mate? Another defeat to Wasps. Bristol look all right though. Yeah, mate. They
3: played Bristol was away, so um they got dominated, uh, you know, physically again. Same thing's really. They need they need a few boys back. I know Bristol were missing a few, but Bristol are you know, they're top of the league comfortably now, aren't they? Um, they've got a great squad, thoroughly deserved the win. Uh, wasps were plucky at times, but second best on the day, so yeah. Bristol, let's just do it now. Bristol extra final, let's just get on with it, shall we?
2: Leicester beat Gloucester. I saw that, that's a big win, yeah. Leicester
3: are, b- are back to, um, you know, their traits of old. Oh, we spoke about it a few weeks ago. They get the malls down your neck, they're going well, Leicester. I know they played Gloucester, who. I think I've only won one game in in God knows how long, and that was against Wasp as well. So I don't want to talk about that. But yeah, Leicester have turned a corner. Um, can they get in the top four? Um, yeah, I mean, Exeter and Bristol rhetorical are to top- question. It, well, not no, not really, because you know Bristol and Exeter are going to finish top two, and then there's load of teams pushing. Quinns are looking good, but they lost Exeter, even though. Oh, they got hammered. They got hammered. They, they, they didn't, actually. They they should have won. They were winning, weren't they, uh, for most of the game, comfortably? They chucked it away a bit. Um, but that's the sign of a champion team, Extra at home, uh, graft into a victory over over Quinns.
2: Yeah, but Leicester are good, mate. Goody, speaking of Leicester, mate, there's a yes. bit of a, a Hambo's auction going on at the minute. I don't know if you've seen it. Mine in your shirts... Match-worn shirts. Apparently, mine's absolutely filthy, by the way, because um, I wore it. Yours is the number 10, Triple XXXL. Mine's the number 19. Standard. It's actually a snapshot of our career at Leicester, that is. But they're on <laughs> sale, Andrew, uh, on www.hambosauction.com. I mean, let's be honest. I'm thinking five grand for my shirt, bare minimum. <laughs> it's, it's 250 quid. I've had one, one or two bids already, but... Uh, They've been bit ironed. They look lovely. Mate, you, yours is actually, they're both Bradstone ones. They're old school, obviously. Mine's a lot smaller than I remember it being, actually. I thought it'd be a bit bigger than that.
3: Well, you're only looking at the picture. Yeah, maybe they're pinned the back of it so it, it doesn't look as as big. But yeah, get involved. Um, have a look at the website, hambosauction.com. Obviously, it's really tough for uh, any charity at the minute. Um, normally, there's a big Six Nations dinner, isn't it, where we raise loads of funds for the Hambo Foundation to support um a plethora of people with that have had awful injuries um so it's really important please go and have a bid yeah buy jim's bench shirt for the leicester a team on a monday night it's worth at least five grand
2: oh at least and andrew it's a bit of a competition between me and you to see who raises the most the winner of the auctions is big because it's going to be a shout out on spotify so you're going to get a shout out um if you bid them and you win them and we thank you
3: Bath went up to Newcastle and pulled their pants down at mm. Kingston Park. They've turned a corner, and do you know they've turned a corner. Bath, ever since Stuart Hooper did what that speech. Ins- inspirational speech of handing out the first, sh- the handing out the jerseys to the uh, the debutants uh, at the Wreck a few weeks ago.
2: I did not know the debutants were all called um um. I just didn't know that. I mean, <laughs> maybe that's code. That's code. But yeah, they're flying now, Bath, at the minute. Um,
3: but listen, we're in. This season, and I said it before, there's a massive block of games now. There might be 12 Premiership games on the spin or something. I don't know the exact number, but you're going to see teams with momentum shifts. Sale flew out the blocks after Alex Anderson took over, didn't they? And then they've come and fallen off a bit. You know, Sale lost to Northampton away. Um, You know, Northampton have picked up a few ugly wins over the last few weeks. So there's going to be a lot of jostling from three down to ten. Um, in terms of who ends up there and you know it's about time and your run We're 13 games in the premiership so there's still nine to go which is a hell of a chunk uh, and you put a run together you know there's obviously a break uh, for, for Europe as well and so different teams will have a different focus on that time in your run is 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 what is needed and Wasps timed a run all the way to the final last year and got there uh, I th- I'm struggling to see that happen this year uh, but who knows
1: mate, who knows Okay, well, let's finish things off with the good, the bad and the ugly, which is brought to you by the absolute saviours at Suns who are doing a sterling job to help all men out there with one of the key issues that they don't often talk about, how to keep their hair. They're a men's health brand that offers a range of licensed and medically proven products for preventing and treating hair loss. And they deliver via a monthly or three monthly subscription direct to your door. It's reasonably priced and they get results in 9 out of 10 men. So visit suns.co.uk and use the code RugbyPod20 to get 20 quid off your first order. That's S-O-N-S.co.uk and the code is RugbyPod20.
3: Yeah, plenty of good this week. Um, and we'll start off with Jim's favourite team. Glasgow beating Colbert. No, Harlequins. No. Harlequins, James. Um, and we're going to give a tip of the slipper to a player that we've talked up a lot on this podcast. Marcus Smith made his 100th appearance for Quins, and he's still only about 12 years old. 100 games by the time you're about, actually call it 15. Um, he's got a big career ahead of him and you're welcome, Marcus, because we got your value up by saying that you're going to go to sale as well.
2: And he probably arguably should be at sale.
3: <laughs> uh, sticking in the Premiership, Blair Cowan. Um, what a legend that bloke is. And on the day on BT Sport, I'm watching it. I tweeted about it. Loads of people tweeted about it. He broke the record for 35 tackles, the most tackles in a game, uh, breaking Jack Berger's Premiership record of 34. He made 35, and everyone was talking about him. He's about 40 years of age now, Blair Cowan, but he is still going till you can go no more. And he walked off, I think, with cramp with about a minute to go. But what an effort! 35 tackles. Imagine that. And then the next day, they downgrade him, take one off him, and he's back to 34. So he only equaled the record. I ain't just ignore. That. I ain't having that. He's broken the record. Blair Cowan broke the Premiership record for most tackles in a game. Whoever downgraded him, it must be someone from Saracens with Jack Berger's house involved or so. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm giving it to Blair Cowan. 35 tackles in a game. What an effort that was, and what a bloke he is as well, Jim.
2: He's a legend. I call him Mayu, so he calls me his taco. I don't know what that means, but that's what we call <laughs> yeah. each other. Brother love. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um,
3: what else was good? George North, equaling Shane Williams' record of 22 tries for Wales in the Six Nations. Um, if he was playing Scotland next week, he'd get another hat-trick. So let's see if he breaks it this weekend. I hope he does against France. Um, and we'll stick with Wales because they got their biggest ever victory in Rome uh, to set themselves up nicely. Played 4-1-4. Uh, they got the bonus point very early on. They're going to Paris for the Grand Slam, but also for the title. So there will be two different things to look at. Of course, they're going to go all out to try and win it, uh, but they could win the title uh, even with losing the game if they get enough points. If they get two points, they might get two bonus points. Who knows? Um, What else is good? We didn't mention it earlier. Tag Furlong. Oh my belly swerve!
2: Here comes the hot stepper, murderer!
3: <laughs> what about that footwork? It was just phenomenal, wasn't it? He's done yeah. Finn Russell inside out. He's,
2: he's done George Turner as well, but I mean, arguably he could slip. Either way, George Turner and Finn Russell, you're on a highlights reel probably until you die.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was phenomenal to see. Um, hell of a performance by him as well. He was
2: big literally oh. and he carried massively and he's got lovely dancing feet and he's a friend of the show apparently so big shout out mate you're uh, you're a legend and you're number 3 for the Lions mate because you've already been picked out by Warren to be the ambassador for Ireland so you're in <laughs> you're definitely in um that was great to see but the goo this week um
3: has to go Glasgow no no mention oh. of Glasgow Jim so, no mention of Glasgow I thought your hashtag always Edinburgh yeah Edinburgh then Edinburgh beating Connacht Oh, Edinburgh beat Connacht, did they? I thought you said Gladwell. yeah. Scotland yeah, well, team, Scotland team beat them.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, no, we're not going to go with that. We're going to just dedicate it to that first half of rugby at Twickenham. So both England and France, the first forty minutes was a phenomenal test match, gladiatorial. It was ridiculously good. The intensity, best half of rugby you've ever probably seen in ten years um, since Jim Hamilton played against India. Uh, and scored a hat-trick. Which he hasn't mentioned too much. Why did that come out on social media this weekend? I mean, what a loser. So, so, so
2: someone sent me the article I just had to post it. And you know what? That, it's weird because it's not weird because I used to be called James. I've been called Jimmy when I was younger, then James, Regal. Now it's Jim, big Jim, the legend.
3: Yeah, Scotty Quinnell called you Jim Bob.
2: Yeah, he called me Jim Bob. I, whatever he says, I am. But really, with Spotify, <laughs> you can call me James again.
3: Yeah. Uh, so the good this week goes to both England and France uh, and that first half at Twickenham. Uh, the best 40 minutes of rugby, especially for England since the World Cup semi-final against New Zealand. So a hell of a performance from both teams. Um, the bad. Uh, let's go over to France. Of course, we've got to get something French in there. Agen lost 48-20 to another team down near the bottom of the top 14. Uh, played Bayon. Bayon looking to push up the league. Uh, Poo are now 13th in the league. So they're in the playoff spot. Uh, for relegation. But Agen, I don't think I've won a game all year. They're just horrific. Yeah, I didn't see it. Um, What else is bad? Newcastle, one of my old clubs. Got to get them in there. Uh, Lost 38-19 at home to Bath. Not a great performance. Gloucester, they're back in the bad. They lost five of their last six home games uh, with a pretty demoralizing loss to Leicester Tigers at the weekend. Uh, They're probably glad the shed isn't there at the minute, but they'll need them back at some point. Italy, they're going to get another mention. I know they're playing the kids and they're trying to gain experience. Uh, but every game has been the same for them. They're shipping points left, right and centre. And they're any team that's nearly shipping 50 points a week, like Jim's old Scotland team did, they're um they're going to have to get a mention in the bad. But they don't win the bad, James.
2: Wasps, you're going for it. You're going for wasps, aren't you?
3: No, no. I mentioned <laughs> wasps in the bad last week. I can't do it to... They don't deserve to be in the bad for losing to Bristol away. So I'm not going to put them in there. Uh, but the bad, Jim... Let's do your country, man. Your country, Scootland. And you were disappointed earlier, weren't you? You were a bit devastated. You weren't making excuses, but you were. You blamed it on the line-out. And I'm going to go with mainly blaming their line-out. They only won two of their eight line-outs in Test Match Rugby, and they need Jim Hamilton as coach. This is a double-edged sword. I'm going to put them in the bad
2: so they hear it, they react to it, and then, Jim, you get another job. Well, I need to run that by Spotify first. They're my employers. (laughs) Can't just do that. Can't just be shipping me away from international to hollywood like it just doesn't work like that andrew but i'm happy to chat to them and, and just give them my assessment but i've given it on here so the bad this week unfortunately has to go to scotland uh and then the
3: ugly wasn't masses of ugly around this weekend do you see much ugly Jim? I, I didn't know
2: I've, I've been very positive
3: yeah not much ugly but there was one thing that i found Ellis Ginge. I mean, Ellis Genge. I mean, that lid when he's come on. Who's he think he is with the lid? Will everyone please stand up? Slim Shady. <laughs> exactly. Uh, only ugly thing I could really find. Ellis Genge's lid. Uh, Ellis Ginge. Slim Shady. Call it what you will. He needs a bit of attention. So there we go. We'll give it to him. We'll stick him in the ugly.
1: Thanks, Gertie. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Producer Tim. And thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify because I don't know if you heard. We've been signed by Spotify Frank, now. We've made it! And also check us out on YouTube as well. Rippy Pod, we have made it, pod pod, pod.